This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, Dr. Roosh begins a new series entitled The Pursuit. Prayer is, at its core, connection to the Creator, the one who literally knows us best. We all can pray, but our pursuit of things in life without prayer can find us frustrated, empty, and under pressure. Let's join Dr. Nate Rouge right now. All right, I want to begin with the title of today's message, which is the title of our series, The Pursuit. You know, there's a lot of things that happen at the beginning of the year. People are pursuing new dreams, ideas, and goals. You want to improve your family life, you want to improve your marriage, you want to uh, maybe work on your physical body, maybe work on your finances. And there's just all this optimism about what, what could be. And for me, over time, one of the things that I've had is I've had optimism and a pop balloon later on, right? Uh, and, and what I mean by that is my physical body. Sometimes my physical body wins out all its hunger pains and all of its desires and, and then I eat more than I should eat and I get bigger than I want to get. And I know nobody understands that. And so, so I've worked out over time, but my nutrition, my training, my all kinds of things, it's just kind of ebbed and flow. And I reached a point this last year where uh, I was working out and stuff, but my body wasn't where I wanted it to be. I was tired, I was sluggish, I didn't have energy. And, uh, and my wife, who has been going to this place called Farrell's uh, Extreme Kickboxing, Extreme Body Shaping uh, place for two years, she goes and she works out and she's a beast. She is like fit, she works out hard, she's like, and I didn't wanna go. She kept saying, you gotta, why don't you just come with me, come sometime. And I'm like, I'm not gonna go, I'm, I'll be embarrassed, right? I'm gonna let's tell the truth. The reason you don't go work out is you don't want to be embarrassed when you get there, right? Because I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to. So I, I'm like, finally, I reached the point that the pain of where I was was bigger than my fear of being embarrassed. And I realized I needed to make a change. I needed something to move the dial, something to be a catalyst for me to actually begin to change. So last fall, I entered the Pharaoh's kickboxing program for 10 weeks. And that 10 weeks was interesting, because I had to learn to do things different than I'd ever done. I'd worked out over time, but this was a different kind of workout. I had to show up at the gym, and uh, they had a routine, and the very first thing I had to do is, is they, had, they, they, they weighed me, and I stepped on this thing, and it, 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 I rebuke you in Jesus' name, you know. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here, right? This is not right. Uh, they had to write it down. They took the tape out and did it around my waist, around my chest, and my arms, legs, and the, the facts are the facts are the facts, right? And so, uh, and as my son says, my facts don't care about your feelings. Um, that's the way it feels like at that moment. I, like, the facts did not care about my feelings. And so I had to learn a new rhythm, and uh, I brought my gym bag with me. It seems like everybody else knows what they're doing, and, so I put my gloves on and I'm trying to watch, am I doing it right? I'm watching the instructor and I felt awkward and I felt different and I was slower than everybody else and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and then pretty soon I started learning, hey, the rhythm and the routine. I go every morning and then I'd hit the bag and kick and 
do all kinds. I'm like, and I even like made up games while I was going along because it was, it was long and it was hard. And I was like, devil? <laughs> I, started, I started like, imagine I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock the devil out today at the gym, right? So I'm going to kick you. I'm going <laughs> to. So here's the thing. There were a lot of things that I had to go through in order to get myself in a place where I was okay in doing it myself. I had to have a catalyst, a kickstart, if you will, something that would move me forward, something that would get me out of the habits and the patterns that I was in. And so I had to watch my nutrition, I had to turn in uh, uh, my daily log of what I was eating, my calories, I had, to, I had to focus in on all of my lifestyle. I had to get up. At, I'm not a morning person. Some of you are morning people. You wake up talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm not lying. When Jody and I would drive there to the gym, I didn't say probably one word. I can't talk until I'm woke up. You know what I'm saying? And just because my body's up doesn't mean I'm woke, right? I mean, I had to go every day at the same time, which meant I got, I set alarms at night, which meant I'm, I know I'm gonna have a hard time getting up tomorrow, so I went to bed earlier. My whole life shifted around getting this thing right. What I wanna talk to you today about is in your life and in my life, your best life is out there somewhere waiting for you, but you choose how you're going to pursue your goals. You make the choice. You can't wait for your spouse, you can't wait for your friends, you can't wait for your pastor. You make the choice of how you're going to pursue it. And you gotta have facts about yourself. If you know one month from today, nothing's really gonna be any different, you chose where you're going to be. You chose it. And for you and I, our desire is to move forward. And it has to start as Christians with what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. In other words, he's saying the first step is getting into a place where you're going to move towards the kingdom of God. And then all those other things come behind that. Now, out of the things you prefer, pursue, the first step to get there should be the kingdom of God. And then all those other things come behind it. I'm a student of Jesus, and I watch how Jesus lived his life. And, of course, he had a group of people that were his mentees. We now call them disciples, people that served him, walked alongside him, and they literally were entrusted with his ministry when he left the earth. And Jesus' disciples had watched him, and, and they were interested in what he was doing. And, and, of course, I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 11 with me, because you're going to see that Jesus' disciples wanted something from him. They were on a pursuit. It wasn't just that they were hanging around Jesus. They were actually pursuing what he had. They had watched Jesus where every day he went to the office, he lived the full 100%. Every day he persevered and tackled challenges and still had enough left over to help the people around him. Anybody want that kind of energy? And every day, despite intense opposition, Jesus stuck to this pursuit, to his mission. And the one attribute that his disciples, his, his mentees, his co-workers saw that they wanted in their life, that they were pursuing, 
was how he prayed. Because there was something about him every time that he was in the crowd, he was doing amazing things. He had time for side conversations to notice the needs of the people and the children that are around him. He could confront those that were bullies in, in political authority uh, positions. He could do all of that without losing integrity, without losing his soul, without losing his emotional EQ. How could he keep it up? Some of you have like the busiest life. I have the highest respect for parents of preschoolers. The highest respect. You're just worn out sometimes, right? Chasing the kids around, trying to take care of them and then take care of them and change diapers and keep them, it's like herding cats, right? And then you get to the end of a day and the kids are in bed and you finally are there. You do have any energy left over for somebody. This is Jesus' great attribute. The disciples had watched him, and somehow Jesus kept his energy. He stayed on mission. He didn't lose his focus. When he had people leaving his team, when he had dissenters, when he had accusations, when the, the, the social media mob was trying to do stuff to him, it didn't distract him from what he was doing because he prayed. And in Luke chapter 11, this is what the disciples did. They asked him, because this was their pursuit. He says, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, and Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation. This was what many now call the Lord's Prayer. It's also in the book of Mark, Mark's account of the gospel. There's other words that you may have heard, give us this day our daily bread. You've heard different variations and translations of it, but essentially what was happening was Jesus was answering his disciples' pursuit. His disciples wanted what he had. So he says, this is how you pray. Now he wasn't saying, here's the magic formula. Here's the cheat code. Here's how you bypass the work. Here's how you just get to the results at the end. Just say these words and voila, God will answer everything. No, what he was doing was giving them a pattern. He was giving them a pathway to communicate with God, to spend time with God, but to say things to him. If you'll notice, he begins with our Father. The Father is a person. And Jesus is saying when you pray, you need to talk to somebody. It's not to an ethereal other. It's not to a higher power. It's a person. The Father in heaven wants to have a conversation with you. And then he moves on and he says, how would be your name or honored or be your name? It's a position where you look upward and you see him as all powerful and you honor him. And of course, get me out of temptation. Well, you can pray and talk to your father about that, Jesus says. It's like a postage stamp on your forehead when you pray. Get me out of here, right? And Jesus offers that as a pathway. But listen, friends, we're all chasing something in our lives our own comfort, our happiness, 
a better life for our kids, a new beginning after failure. Some of us are chasing survival, and whatever it is that you're chasing, prayer is the first and the middle and the last step. And listen to me, everyone can pray. Everyone can pray. It doesn't matter what your backdrop is. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church or not. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. In fact, God loves brokenhearted people. You don't have to be perfect in order to pray. It doesn't matter your age, your stage, your background, or even what you did last night. Listen, you can pray. So I'm talking about everybody today. Everyone has an opportunity to pray. And prayer is both talking and listening. At its core, it's connection with our creator who knows us best. And I think that you should talk to God more this year. You should talk to God more this year. Somebody say amen to that. I love what Tim Keller says. Tim Keller, a pastor in New York City, great author, says prayer is the only entryway into genuine self-knowledge. There's also the main way we experience deep change, the reordering of our loves. Prayer is how God gives us so many of the unimaginable things he has for us. Indeed, prayer makes it safe for God to give us many of the things we most desire. It is the way we know God, the way we finally treat God as God, and prayer is simply the key to everything we need to do and be in life. Prayer is the way we get there. Prayer is the pathway. Prayer is that pathway to move us where we need to go. It's learning to humble ourselves. I'm saying, you know what? I'm gonna overcome my, my fear of being embarrassed. It's learning to choose in and lean in for help and refusing to go it alone. When we pursue anything without prayer, we find ourselves frustrated, empty, and under incredible pressure. If you're doing it on your own, you're probably tired right now. If you're trying to hold your family together by yourself, you're probably weary. If you're trying to just make it all work yourself, you're probably just about ready to give up. But through prayer, like Jesus shows us, we can gain the great strength from heaven. Our creator knows us best. Sometimes we misdiagnose our problems, don't we? I just need to work harder. I need to give it more. I just need to tell her off. And we come up with our own way of understanding the world, but when we pray, God comes in, he rearranges our heart, and he says, I got this. Come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Friends, a great sign of maturity in your life is teachability. The disciples turned to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. As we go on a pathway, a pursuit of God, every one of us can learn. You may have known the Lord for multiple decades. Know the secret place and love prayer. You can still go further in your prayer life. 
And if you're in a place today where you're like, everybody else prays for me, I don't pray, you can take the first step into praying yourself. All of us can learn from him. Let me give you five steps to kickstart your prayer life. Five steps to kickstart your prayer life. Number one, learn to pray by praying. Learn to pray by praying. This is elementary, but it's true. You have to learn how to pray by doing it. Jesus said this is how you should pray. In other words, you guys gotta pray this. Jesus didn't say, I'm gonna pray it for you. You need to pray. You're the one that has to engage in prayer. See, no one is born knowing how to already walk or know how already to speak, but nobody came in here today crawling. We're all learners. We learn to crawl, we learn to walk, we learn to talk. Jesus says that we're talking to a person and we have access to him. But I think sometimes we're giving him the silent treatment. Have you ever tried to get to know somebody and you're the only one doing the talking? They want, we want something back. Well, you know, Jesus took the first step. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did this whole plan for us, offered up a pathway. We're adopted as children into his family. He's given us an invitation to have a conversation with them. All that's available, but we gotta do the talking. Listen, you wanna put the gloves on, go to the gym, get the pattern started? Start by praying today. Secondly, posture your heart in humility. Posture your heart in humility. Three preachers sat discussing the best position to pray in while a telephone repairman stood nearby listening in. One preacher says, kneeling is definitely the best. No, another contended, I get the best results standing with my arms and hands outstretched to heaven. You're both wrong, the third insisted, the pastor. The most effective position is lying on the floor or prostrate, face down. God hears me best there. The repairman couldn't take it any longer. So he blurts out, hey, fellas, the best praying I ever did was hanging upside down from a telephone pole. (laughs) God help me! How many know it's not just, God doesn't get more attention because you got your right hand up than your left? That's not it. I go through my own physical posture to get me in a position where my heart is before God. Your heart is the issue, not the outward. There are many people that look like they're praying that aren't praying. And then there are many people who are desperate and they're spending time alone at home at night, frustrated, and they're crying out to God. God hears not the perfect prayer. He hears the heart that's broken before him prayer. He wants you. That's the one that he hears. All of these items are meaningful only as much as they relate to the posture of your heart. Pride interferes with prayer. But humility opens the conversation with heaven. James 4, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the what? The humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a great promise, by the way, today. If the devil's been on your tail, 
you humble yourself before God, the devil's got to leave. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. You don't have to be perfect. Just come as you are. Number three, set a schedule for praying. Set a schedule for praying. And one of the things that I had to do when I signed up for this 10-week challenge, which, by the way, I've now signed up for a year, so I'm going to keep going because I don't want to go back. No going back to Egypt. But one of the things that I had to do is I had to show up six days a week at 7 a.m. But because it was on the schedule, I made it because I had an appointment. I think when it comes to praying that we need to have a schedule to it. It doesn't need to be the same for everybody because everybody has different rhythms and schedules. But to not pray is not acceptable. And if you go through a day, when are you going to pray? And I'm not saying you have to pray for an hour. I'm not saying pray for two hours. I'm not saying pray for a half an hour. You might need to start with five minutes. And five minutes might feel like a year to you. But once you keep doing it, five minutes turns into 10. And 10 minutes turns into 15. And I'm not saying then you have to give an hour to it, but then all of a sudden your whole day becomes a prayer rhythm. You find yourself muttering underneath your breath this ongoing conversation where, as Paul says, pray continuously. And you find your, but you got to start somewhere. Somewhere. There can even be cues that you have to pray, to pray for people, to pray for things. When you see a refrigerator, when you see, and you, you got magnets on there and you're praying for missionaries, or you see a photo and you pray for all the people in your family, or you can have cues. I, I get in my car and I drive and I have to pray so I don't get angry. But I'll drive by churches in our community and I will pray for those churches when I go by. Why? I want God's kingdom to come down on earth as it is in heaven. Not just in Emmanuel, but the whole earth. That's what I want. So in this 21 days of pursuit, and you want breakthrough for you, your friends, your family, for our church, what are you fasting? Why are you fasting it? And by the way, there's a lot of resources on what a fast is, and I would just challenge you to consider thinking about how do you get yourself in pursuit of God. You might need to write down what God is saying to you when you pray. Have a little notebook or pull out your notebook on your phone and just jot notes. It's not just a one-way conversation. God might start speaking to you and give you wisdom for your family or give you wisdom for your job or your career, ingenuitive ideas. There could be all kinds of things that God would drop on you in the conversation, so take note of those. Number four, to kickstart your prayer life. Pray the scripture. See, I don't even know where to start when I wanna pray. One of the best ways to start is by praying scripture. In other words, you've got things going on, pray certain things, and I'll begin to put more resources up about this particular subject over the next com coming weeks. And we'll have a different focus for our church prayer uh, uh, during the fast too, pray for different campuses, pray for missionaries, pray for the vision of the future and those kind of things. But I also think that you can pray things, specific scriptures over your life. Did you know it's okay to read the Bible as a prayer? Pray the, the scripture back to God. If you're going through anxiety, John 14, 27, peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How many of you know that promise from Jesus is for you in your prayer life? Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful, Paul says in Colossians. There's, if you're feeling weak, there's a lot of scriptures about strength. Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Isaiah 40.29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 40, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Man, you can pray in rhythm with that. And then, listen, the more you, you, you pray the scripture, the more the scripture comes back to mind later on. And you find yourself getting anxious and you, you start going, oh Lord, you offer a peace that passes understanding. I don't get this, but I need your peace. And you begin to pray the scripture back to God. How many know he's the author of scripture? He's not gonna reject your prayer when you pray scripture back to him. Why? Because it's what he thinks. It's how he sees the world, and you are in rhythm, in a dance, if you will, with heaven. Number five, choose to persevere. There's something about beginning something and staying in it. You see, it was in the first week of me doing these kicks, swings. I hate burpees like the devil. Um, <laughs> All these things they got me doing, I literally would come home and I'd be like walking like this. How many know there's a little part of me somewhere in my brain that just says, why did you just quit? You're too old for it now. Maybe that's for other people, you know? Why don't you just take a break? Take the day off. How many know what I'm talking about? I had to push past and persevere through all of the obstacles over time, and new ones emerge over time. Distractions, other options. When it comes to prayer, you're going to have resistance. Some of it's in your own brain. I don't wanna pray. I prayed that prayer before, God didn't answer me, I don't wanna pray. I'm tired of praying. I don't know if anything's ever gonna come out of this, or. I don't want to pray. I've been a bad person lately. Why would God answer my prayer? We got all these thoughts that are obstacles, and at those moments, it's like you got God on one side saying, come on, keep going. Stay in the challenge. Keep working. If you do, your body is changing. Your spirit is changing. Your relationships are changing. If you stay in the journey, it's worth it. About week number six or seven, weight will drop. Things will change. There's going to be breakthrough down the road. But I'm in week number three. That's a long ways out there. Jesus would say, keep praying. Emmanuel's Sunday services can be seen live every week at 9 and 11 a.m. at emmanuelcc.org. Be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they can enjoy next week at this same time.